Dream Buddies, a podcast about uh, dreaming, and then also the future vanguard of American fascism. God damn it! I'm uh, I'm one of your hosts, Hugh, and I'm here with my co-host Kieran. What, what's happening? Did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy that picture I I, I sent you of uh, the bipillow guy holding a Sailor Moon body pillow? Yeah, so this is something we wanted to talk about. Um, let's lead, let's 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 not bury the lead. Um, yeah. So you introduced me to the my pillow guy, and I feel like you should be a certain amount of either in America paying attention to like weird right wing American politics, and I can imagine yeah. you would have happened across him because he's on like a lot of the weird cable channels and stuff a lot. Yeah. Or you have to be like an extremely online person, <laughs> which is what you are. And like, I consider myself extremely online, but then often I find out about things. And when I mention them to people, they're like, that's weird. I've never heard of that. And then I mention them to you and you're like, yeah, that's been a thing forever. <laughs> always... yeah. I don't I don't remember a time before Mike L- Lindell, the, <laughs> Mike Lindell, the, yeah. the My Pillow guy. Because I can't remember, I think, like, you had mentioned him previously, and then something something weird happened with him. And I was like, oh, this the my pillow guy said this. And you were like, yeah, he's always saying that. Like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> what do you mean he's yeah, always no, saying this? So it, it he came up when we were discussing what this podcast would be. <laughs> yes, that was it. That's how you introduced me to him, yes. And then I yeah, organically yeah, yeah. started coming across him. It was as if, yeah. like, you said this. It was, it was like Dawn from Buffy. Basically, you were like... <laughs> This is Michael and Dell, and I was like, "Yeah, what? What are you talking about?" <laughs> and then suddenly everyone is like, "Yeah, the My Pillow CEO." I'm like, "What do you mean the the My Pillow? This has never come up before." <laughs> yeah, apparently My Pillow is like a big product in the United States. Um, Rob from Cornish Beatty, like his family has some My Pillow My Pillow pillows because um, they're just like so. I feel I just feel like, like this every... is gaslighting. Okay, what you're doing. But you're just being like, no, Hugh, we've always been talking about my pillow guy. He's very successful. I mean, yeah, okay. His, his rise to prominency was like um, him getting into the, the, the Trump circle, I guess. Um, yeah, and that, this is where the joke of like future vanguard of American fascism comes from because I don't know, I'm, I'm, conv- I'm convinced it'll be him. Um, I'm no longer convinced of that. Yeah. I was I, you convinced me of that. Basically, when we were discussing this podcast as a, as a concept, Kieran said mm-hmm. it should have the aesthetics of the My Pillow guy. Which, if people don't know Michael Lindell, which I think I'm here to tell you that we've always been talking about like Michael Lindell. He's always existed. It's like mm. him surrounded by clouds hugging a pillow is the aesthetic, and I think that's like I think we've nailed that. I think that's on point. But he's also a fascist. So. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but like, yeah. So this is the the whole extremely online thing, which I find very funny. Is uh, there's a great again? I'm going to reference a tweet because I'm very online. But there's this 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 great moment of just like someone describing like I you know I realized that some people just don't live the same life as me because I was I was like hiking with my friend recently and I turned to her and go, so do you know what Cal- Caroline Calloway did recently? And she just turns to me and goes. Who's that? Did we go to school with her? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I like, remember. Like that's that's another good example of like again. I think there's a lot of like stuff online that I see that if I were to explain to explain to you, it wouldn't make any sense because it's not related to anything you come across. Caroline Calloway mm. is a good example of 
I happened across many, many different people that all were like, oh, we always talk about Caroline Calloway. And I looked looked up, looked her up, and her Twitter bio at the time was like, I'm not that Caroline Calloway, I'm the one you like, or something like that, as like a joke about how everyone knows who she is. And I was like, but I don't yeah. know who you are. This joke doesn't make sense <laughs> to me. <laughs> so, I, I haven't checked in on her in a while. Um... What is she up to? I don't understand. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that my Caroline Calloway knowledge was like a bit, uh, a bit of posturing originally, because like it had already grown like arms and legs before I had figured out what the deal was. So by the time I realized it was a thing, I was like, I'm, I'm not researching any of this. Fuck this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you have fifty six point three thousand followers. Sure, fuck it. Um, on Instagram, which is not your main thing. And yeah, her like, yeah, her naked is still like the first picture on her account. Um, she also kind of insists that this was all a bit. I don't really understand that. Mm. Um, maybe it is. It's gone over my head. I think it's gone over most people's head. And I've like seen her on like like listened to her on long form podcasts and stuff. And it's just like, this is a bit. You're not like doing it very well. I don't know. But I think that was the. That's like the trap in my like my understanding of it. That's the switch that has been made, which is mm. she has explained to everyone how her like influencer persona was basically a lot was completely made up in order to mm. like make money because she worked out that she could make money doing it, and yeah. now her brand is I am someone who lied to you aggressively about my my life in order to make my Instagram look good, and that I use that yeah. to get my book deal. And me being a grifter is now my grift, which is very, it's very strange, like full circle. And she needs her insisting that it's all been a bit is part of her current persona, which is what pe- people who like her like to imagine her as like this maniacal scheming genius who's like, you know, I, 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 that's my interpretation of like why she would insist that it is a bit. Yeah, yeah. I think the whole thing has gotten away from her, to be perfectly honest. Um, but I think that's always been true. I think it, like it got away from yeah, her in the beginning, very where she talks on, about yeah, like, yeah. "Oh, I bought Instagram followers." You're like, and then it just started off. <laughs> that's like at that point you had no control. It's just <laughs> the uh, yeah. So basically, um, the, the this this podcast, the idea was to be my pillow meets Carolyn Calloway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so this is the the big Venn diagram, and you can't really see it, but if you get it real close, there is a slight bit of overlap between Mike Lindell mm-hmm. and. Caroline Calloway, that's the sweet spot we exist. Um, yeah. Yeah. It looks the like two circles to... not touching, but they actually are. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, like when you learned close. about Yeah. You learned about like learned about asymptotes and stuff in maths. It's like there's a complicated formula going on that we could explain, but you know it's my oh, professional research. I'm not gonna share it with you. <laughs> <laughs> I won't explain how, but it's it's what's fueling neural networks is the that yeah. asymptote curve. <laughs> um, yeah, but Mike Lindell, like everything that comes out about him has just been like juicy gas, and I enjoy it. And then he's been like appearing on TV, and then like not suddenly appearing on TV because he keeps inciting violence, <laughs> which is against the law in the United States. Yeah, um, and in a lot of countries. <laughs> yeah, a lot of countries. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I like the idea of him just like constantly appearing on like political TV in the one country where it's like okay to incite violence on that channel. 
<laughs> I don't know, some sort of like Pacific Island nation where they just haven't gotten around to making that law yet. <laughs> yeah. The um Yes, the reason I think he won't be the future vanguard of American fascism is because he keeps saying things that companies are trying to sue the like the, the whole Dominion voting machines thing where oh, yeah, they're yeah, suing yeah, Fox yeah. News and the reason he keeps getting take he got taken off air was because he yes. was saying, oh, well, the voting machines were rigged. We have evidence of that. And the hosts have to be like, stop, you're going to get us sued. This is actually libel. And it's libel against a company that has enough money to sue us. <laughs> this isn't you libeling like, like a no-name random person at a vote count center who mm. like will complain about this and will be correct for complaining about this, but it's not going to be litigious against Newsmax. But the voting yeah. machine company will be litigious against Newsmax because literally their only their only selling point is that the voting machines do work as voting machines. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know if they don't do that, then why would you buy them? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> do they count numbers? They have one job. No. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yeah, yeah this is, so uh, that, yeah. that's happening. He's he, he's burnt too bright too quickly. Yeah, so that's what we're not trying to do here. We're not we're very it's very specific that the goal is not to burn bright. <laughs> and uh <laughs> unlike Caroline Calloway, in no way is this mm. directing you to someone's OnlyFans. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see where this takes us. Like one more like a global recession, who knows what we'll do. Um but Yes, much like a an expensive glow stick, we don't burn bright, but we're gonna last for a long time. Let's go. Um, you yeah, like those thick glow has- sticks that last a long time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, the really thick ones, dummy thick yeah. glow sticks, which is why we're yeah. on OnlyFans. Um, <laughs> Hugh, how ha- how how's your dreams going, Hugh? Yeah, so this is the uh, the this is the rub. This is the rub. The um. <laughs> Yeah, not too bad actually. The it's funny so we hadn't recorded one of these for a few weeks. I don't yeah. remember when the last one we recorded was. Three weeks ago, maybe. Yeah, maybe three weeks ago. It was in Jan. It was in January at some point. You know. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, things 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 are good. There was a there was a long period. There was like a stretch where I had not got anything done for quite a while. Mm. Uh, then I got like two very positive things done. So I'm yeah. So I'm working on a game. My games company. Uh, which, as a side project to my actual jobs, <laughs> um, and yeah, I got to, I got two things done. I the, I, ca- I came across. I don't know if I mentioned it before because I think I'd like found it, but basically the um, the system underlying the conversation tools like tooling for mm. no, wait for which game was it? Oh <laughs> no. I hate it when this happens. <laughs> and I'm trying to say something, and then it doesn't. It doesn't come to me, so I have to look it up, and then I don't have time to sit find it. <laughs> um, oh, that's embarrassing. Uh, a short hike is the game I'm thinking of, and also Night in the Woods. So basically, the people who made that um, have this like. Uh, dialogue creation system called Yarn. Um, mm. And I was looking for a dialogue creation system. It's basically, I'd written like a a system that, that works internally in the game. Well, I, 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 
my, my partner at the games company wrote it initially and then, and then and then I changed it a bit and then it we I we kind of both came to the realization that this is based on text files which will get quite complicated quite quickly to figure out mm-hmm. like how everything everything ties together um then I came across this tool which is really 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 cool it's basically like cards for each bit of dialogue and then if you have a question that will join there's like a syntax in it that will like automatically create a new card for the like the what that question answer leads you to so it's actually quite a quick way of being like here's a bit of dialogue here's some here are some like things your character can say which will open up new cards and suddenly you have a branching system which is quite cool Mm. and it was like very very good so i just spent a while writing something to convert our system to that system which uh, is pretty cool and it's quite nice to be using something that i know works because there's at least three or four published games that have used it (laughs) So, so I know it won't like completely crap out, and like obviously it's like free open source stuff, so it like doesn't it has its quirks, but uh, that was quite satisfying to get something, and then to get like a test loop of dialogue working where you could talk to multiple people and different things would happen depending on when you talk to them, mm. and I was like, oh, a thing that works in the game as opposed to just like static models where I'm like placeholder dialogue. <laughs> It was like mm. this person can say something to you, which will lead you to have to talk to this person. I'm like, oh, nice. This is like a game. <laughs> crazy <laughs> what so then unfortunately that opened i know so this unfortunately opened up the the dreaded period which i'm sure you find as well working on working on comics where you've done a lot of the admin that is required before you can start making some content and then suddenly mm. you're like what if instead of the content i did some like new admin that had not been explored yet <laughs> <laughs> so i proceeded not to oh, write yeah. any more dialogue and instead i spent the weekend writing a like really nice grass shader to make to make the grass look nice yeah i'm getting like i'm getting like photos of the grass shader at like ridiculous hours in, in the chat <laughs> like you're on yeah i think it was, a, it was a 1 a.m photo of just being like you like my grass <laughs> and you did not, you did not respond that one yeah, <laughs> that, that's true, in <laughs> yeah that's true yeah okay fine uh, yeah uh it's a great it's it's a beautiful grass shader man thanks <laughs> that grass is dead yeah it, it does it's like 3d like fur style grass it looks like nice yeah. nice <laughs> but i did that instead of writing the dialogue oh, that, yeah, like, yeah. last like last time we had a games company meeting i was like next thing i'm gonna do i'm gonna <laughs> do some test like story loops yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i haven't done that instead i've i worked on the grass which i think was um i think was a better use of time mm, yes i agree um to, to some extent yeah no i like i like well, dialogue yeah, I, I need to. I need to do that. It's it's one of those things where it's like, <laughs> I know I'll enjoy doing it, and it'll be very satisfying once it's in like the ball is properly rolling. But getting yeah. the first bits out is quite because um, you can always come up with something that is like a blocker, which is not actually a blocker, mm. but it's like oh, but I can't do this till I fix this thing because it'll annoy me. So I need to fix it now, which is not yeah. not actually true in any in any reasonable <laughs> sense, which I think is fine. Um, yeah. 
yeah so that's that's where i'm with that that's be, like I, I actually got quite a got a lot of work done on it um compared to where i thought i would be which is quite good but um it wasn't the work that i set out to do so that's the problem with um not having someone above you i guess is the the real thing just demand uh, you demand to be domed the in the workplace yeah that's what um that's my ideology <laughs> <laughs> oh dear how how is your stuff going good uh ish hang on hmm. <laughs> where do i where do i start um Ooh. okay so problem i have is focus definitely mm. focus mm. um i have a lot of story ideas some of them are more fleshed out than others and when i started making comics again i was like i'm I'm gonna work on the script that i have like completed yeah um even though it's like a sitcom script and I'm getting kind of annoyed now that that story doesn't actually have like an ending because sitcoms aren't really written to have endings. They, yeah, they have a setting that kind of continues until eventually there's an ending because the, uh, you know, uh, distributor, the channel you're with kind of forced you to. Um, <laughs> yes. <yeah. laughs> they are designed that you could make more of it if you had to is the idea generally. Yeah. Uh, which is not really what I should be doing for this um uh, comic and i i think i'm i'm gonna have to try work out the scripts for maybe like i did like episode one i mean that's a chapter and then i need to figure out the other chapters i guess mm. uh, i did a couple of pages of that so that's good um sketches though not completed pages yeah um the other thing though and then like okay when I got real, when I realized that story doesn't really have the ending yet, I got a little frustrated and like, right, I'm gonna do like a short story. Um and I have an idea for a collection of short stories. Um which I really like I'm really happy with this idea and I wanna do it. Um so, like working title at the moment is like is called This Is Not About Me. Mm. And it's one story from my own life and then a couple of other people I know with stories that they can't legally tell in a large platform because <laughs> um, there's like there'd be libel problems or whatever reason i don't know i thought it would be a good like examination of like there are limits to free speech or things that you can't say in like a huge public platform but i'm going to obviously cage like who the person is in the story and that kind of thing so mm-hmm. yeah and then the only person credited would be like me as the artist i guess yeah um and like writer nobody stop asking questions um and i have one story for that mm-hmm. um but then like i know some other people who might have other stories um but i, I want to get my story done it's going to be a couple of pages blah 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 but i still haven't got that done but then <laughs> oh no a third thing <laughs> a third thing um i have this like world that i'm kind of happy with so happy with that before in the past i made i made a language for it (laughs) um and then i was like i need to make this comic because i've made a language for it and then instead of working on that comic or any of the main characters or even drawing out characters or plot ideas i made a map um yeah a very large and detailed map that is like based on the real world because the 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 setting is 
and I don't really care how fucking true this like is or anything. I just like heard about this once and I thought it was an interesting setting was that um in nineteen eighty three, I think it was, there was a Soviet false alarm incident, which was like the closest we got to like a nuclear apocalypse because a whole bunch of like mm-hmm. uh, Soviet mm-hmm. Union equipment was malfunctioning and it was making it look like nukes were coming for the USSR. Yeah, wasn't it like uh, cloud reflections or something was the problem? I think I remember yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one guy in the base was like, no, mm. don't fire. Like, this isn't, because this can't be real. Mainly because the cloud reflections were making it look like they only sent a couple of nukes. Yeah. Uh, I was like, they wouldn't do that if they were trying to actually nuke us. They would send a shit ton more than that. That was his, <laughs> like, reasoning, I believe. He's a really interesting guy because he, he, he stopped this whole thing from going down. He stopped nuclear war from basically happening <laughs> and the world ending or whatever. But he was um he was initially celebrated and then kind of shuffled away because the people who made the system were too embarrassed to admit they had failed in some capacity. Yeah. It was an oversight. Well, I think to, um, to some extent you could, you know, surmise that it wasn't just embarrassment necessarily, but it was also like a you will be shuffled away. <laughs> if, uh, yeah. If, yeah. Uh, if it turns out that you like wasted all this money on this system that was supposed to be supposed to be really good and then it turned out it was a yeah it was a bureaucratic hierarchy like yeah embarrassment is maybe the wrong word but that's yeah no i know yeah yeah, it was it it was out of self-interest um anyway so i heard about that story and i read up about it and then i also heard that there was like this revised theory of mutually assured destruction Mm. that basically posits the idea that if all the targets are in the northern hemisphere, only the northern hemisphere would be fucked. Mm-hmm. Um, because like wind and um, ocean currents are pretty self-contained within a within a hemisphere. Uh-huh. Um, so I found that really interesting. So then I just like thought like, okay, what if there was like a Cold War nuclear apocalypse and like the southern hemisphere, literally everything from the southern hemisphere, just kind of has to try and soldier on. Mm uh so that's the world and like there's like this piracy returning and stuff because because there's lots of oceans Mm -hmm. and so i made a pigeon slash creole based on (laughs) the the major remaining languages which is spanish portuguese english javanese and i guess i had to come up with like a representative for the bantu languages that would be present so i picked swahili yep um yep um and then i made a map of all the like major ports and cities and i looked at a bunch of islands including uh the pitcairn islands that has like 50 people on have you ever seen the pitcairn islands they're in the south pacific we could technically live there if we wanted because it's like a part of the uk oh right okay Uh, (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. it's in the south pacific the nearest i think the nearest other island is the uh that's like inhabited is easter island okay Uh, Yeah, yeah 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 and yeah there's like 50 people there it's really expensive to live there if you want to have like electricity internet and stuff makes although all the electricity all the electricity gets shut off at 10 p.m um yeah um i also really like that because they spend like they spend like 100 euro per month on uh two gigabytes of internet Mm. um Two megabytes. Uh, they use hmm? two megabytes. Uh oh. That's Do you mean point? Yeah. They said G- they said GB in the article I was reading. Oh, yeah, that might probably... be maybe that's their data cap is two GB. 
Yeah, that's possibly it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, they uh they use that to um put a fake KFC on the island on Google Maps. <laughs> So there's like a KFC on the island if you look at it. And all the people on the island like gave fake customer reviews for it. And then you have to switch to the satellite view to see that there's not actually a KFC on this island of 50 people. That's very um, funny. Yes. Yes. But one of the people there does operate a pizzeria that you can go to. And that pizzeria is named Kentucky Fried Chicken Pizzeria. <laughs> Fucking get me. Um, yeah, apparently everyone just like lives off e-readers there's like yeah yeah but yeah it, it, it's an insane island where like i don't know it seems pretty idyllic or whatever because mm. it's a beautiful place and they all live for a very long time because i guess their lives are pretty relatively stress-free um but then it's also just like yeah if you have like a medical problem it's like an 18 day round trip to like tahiti yeah yeah that's the real problem and then all, and there's like no secondary schools on the island, so all like kids when they get to teenage years are just sent to New Zealand. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm like, that's insane. But also, imagine being in that school in New Zealand was like, oh, there's the fucking Pickern Island kid. <laughs> like, what's that like social dynamic like? Yeah, that would be. I I can't even imagine. Like, this isn't. They, they would either be like an exotic curiosity or mm. they would be bullied to shit because they have no social <laughs> skills because everyone, they only know the people on the island and that's it. And they're all weird because mm. they all live on this island with no no one else. Yeah, because the primary school is definitely like, the primary school on the island doesn't have years. Yeah, like, just be all one, the kids yeah, are one room. Yeah. yeah, all the kids are in the same place. Damn. Um, yeah, so that was Pickett Island. Um, I was just looking up all various uh, things in the Pacific, which I found very interesting. But yeah, I did that instead of like making the comic in any kind of like real way. Um, yeah, but so what I'm, I'm still- so, but also what I'm hearing is that so which one do you intend to do first now? Is it the post-apocalyptic one or is it one of the ones that are actually partially done? <laughs> I'm going to... Okay, so I should preface this. I've done this in reverse order. I made the map and I made the, like, language uh, before I kind of, like, hopped onto myself and had some time to, like... Right. Do okay. some pages last night of the other, like, Sikami <laughs> story that's somewhat complete. Um, so, yeah. I I, I guess I've kind of hopped onto myself. But I just... I made a language. I made a grammar for it. Uh, it has like a a, a two hundred word plus vocab. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, this is like this is the. I think, yeah, I think there's like a certain amount of um. There is a certain amount of like benefit of just doing the whatever is the shortest thing, and then mm. that will be done. And the I think it's, I think it's really difficult to remember what you. Like what you did used to not know about like yeah. a process or something. So I just recently so at work, um, I'm helping supervise an undergrad student, um, mm. and I was like live debugging. I like I got on a call with him to like debug something that was like some programming stuff, 
And it occurred to me at that point, where he's like a final year engineering student, he should, I assumed he'd be pretty good, and he seems pretty competent when you talk to him. Mm. But then actually watching him program, you're like, oh, so it's not, like, it's not that he's bad, just I'd made weird assumptions about stuff that he would know how to do, because mm. it's, it's my actual, it's my job, and I do it all day, every day. And therefore, mm-hmm. that, it's really, really obvious to me, but you have to point out things that seem trivial, where I'm like, oh, you, you need to use, like, this package that does this automatically for you stop doing that manually i was like wait you know, why would he know that <laughs> there no, no reason i think like games i think is another good example of like the amount of time wasted on like the game we actually put out um mm. last year on like stuff that now seems incredibly trivial and was very stupid that we were doing it that way is it wasted a lot of time so for instance like we had a lot of problems with um uh with like making making meshes that didn't load properly in the game engine and that was because we were doing the import wrong the entire time and it was like a really stupid thing we were doing because none of us had ever thought to like look up a tutorial of how to do this but Mm. it would like as in i need to actively remember that that was a problem and if we hadn't like pushed through and actually finished that there was a lot of other small things that happened along the way that we you know learned and i think the actual benefit i think this often gets buried when people talk about like oh the like the positive feedback from getting something finished and actually finishing something and that being a positive thing because then you get like people actually see something something you've done it doesn't seem like a massive waste of time to some extent um Mm. i think that buries the what i see is the real benefit which is like the next thing you do will be faster or will be like easier to do or will like you won't make that mistake again. I think it was something that's narrative driven because like I'm learning this now like for the first time, but like you've written stuff before and like you've had the sitcom script for a long time. Um, Not working out the kinks with that where it's like so far along is basically creating the problem where the next thing you start, the kinks you didn't work out in in that mostly finished script will now just get lobbed onto the end of whatever the next thing you write is um and whether or not that's like making an ending work or something completely unknown that it's hard to speculate on i think is 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 the real thing is like it's it's very difficult to like plan ahead i guess is what i'm saying um and that is why i would advocate (laughs) advocate just picking this the like uh quickest way to get something finished i think there's like an extreme of that which i don't think is good um so like there's this YouTuber I quite like because he does quite good tutorials and certain things, but he also does like he makes games. And I don't love his. I'm not gonna <laughs> name this if I don't like. I don't the games of his I've played. I didn't super like, but he has a philosophy where basically he's like, so when you're making like making games, and he's like, you could you know transfer this to a lot of things. You want to make a game that you can make in five hours. Then you want to make a game you can make one day. Then you want to make a game you can make in two days. Then you want to make a game you can make in a week. I'm like, but the, the problem here is that you've now like produce a lot of stuff very much of which you're not happy with and then your goal is just finishing things and moving on um and i think that's like all like not great but there's like a middle ground between the desire to start a new project and like resisting that and finishing something versus like yeah insisting you must always release stuff at all times um because mm-hmm. i think with comics the the default then is like if you don't have a comic that comes out every day what are you doing what's the point yeah um, which is not like good i think yeah 
which is the drive behind like sorry that short story thing which i might like mm. mm-hmm. go back to a little bit yeah oh i don't know man find out next episode what kind of decision i make i guess um yeah yeah I, because yeah. I, I need to figure that out exactly yeah i think that's the, that's the other thing is that like yeah like you you're closer to it probably know what's best in terms of like motivation to actually do work on it but um mm. i think figuring out what is the like the path of these resistance to doing more more of it is probably the the way to go and whether or not that's uh a good long-term plan i'm not really sure but that's definitely <laughs> definitely my philosophy i think that being said i didn't i didn't do the work i intended to do so i mean this is the yeah right yeah uh, it's you're talking a medium game, but can you commit and complete that medium game? That's the question. And uh, that is the question, right? Um, speaking in comic news, I found out that the new uh, bad guy in the next Captain America movie is going to be Flag Smasher. Yes. <laughs> yes. Who is like from the canon and is a real person or whatever? But I'm, just, I, I, and he's meant to be like their weird straw. Hmm. Um, uh, a, a straw man kind of anarchist, I guess. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, he's Swiss. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This is all uh very strange. Yeah, I wish I wasn't on board with this, but that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'm joking. That sounds terrible. I don't like. <laughs> Wait, you see the, the new Captain American film? Yeah, the next one. Didn't they create do? Anyway, it's not. It's not your. It's not. um, Was it Chris Pine who was Captain America? It's a new Captain America. Chris Pine. Yeah, one of the Chris's. (laughs) Yeah, Chris something or other. The um, oh, that's yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's uh, that's bad comic news. What that is? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um. There was a um, this, I don't. This is this is actually this is tangentially related uh, to um, uh, to what you were talking about uh, with your your idea for um, a what if what if the mutually assured destruction played out logic. Mm. Um, there's there's an article I was reading today in um, in Current Affairs that was about the pol- like the bad politics in a lot of um, in a lot of like thriller books. Um, mm. like kind of like the Tom Clancy style thriller books, and there was an example of like one of Tom Clancy books where I forget if it's Russia or China. Someone tries to nuke America, and then America's um really expensive anti missile uh system just shoots yeah. it out of the sky. Yeah, the Star Wars, yeah, yeah. The, the well, no, they have, they have a ground one that's supposed basically fires another <laughs> missile at the missile. Is my understanding of how it works? Ground wars. And the thing about it is that it doesn't work. Is my understanding of it is that it's very expensive and it's one of the things that's mm. kept going because they're like we need to pretend that this works so that nobody nukes us because they have to assume it won't work and that, or mm. they have to assume that the, the the nuking won't work because the missile system the missile defense system will work but the missile defense system apparently does not work is the is the like running joke among defense defensey people um and uh I, I, that's a, I just think that's a, a funny funny comedy moment <laughs> <laughs> if you want to do a prequel it's just like 
Ideally, it would be Tom Clancy looking, looking, being like, it's fine, the system will work. And he's killed. <laughs> um, it's a completely meaningless aside. I, I was just, uh, um, yeah, I, I know, I know. I on this tangent, I recently got reminded of like the plot of uh, the Turner Diaries, which is mm. the like weird American like Nazi novel. Every I think everyone like their understanding of the mythos of the Turner Diaries is that it's a manifesto, but it's not. It's like a novel. Yeah, right. Um, it's like young adult fiction, but for terrible people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like. Yeah, the 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 thing that I find very funny about it though is that like the strategy is just like, and then we like there's a part of it is like, and then we just nuke Asia, and it's like, uh huh, they have nukes as well, <laughs> like China does. North Korea has like one, probably at least. That's true, and then you uh, need to decide where you draw Asia because like you can't nuke the Indian subcontinent because they will nu- nuke you back. <laughs> Yeah, they will also nuke you back. Yeah, uh, um, no, they don't. They don't. I don't think they make the distinction. Also, they're just like. But then also the book celebrates like, oh, and then New York City gets nuked, and that's good because that's where all the liberals are. And it's like a lot of military targets are in like red states. Like there's like you're not you won't. Mm. All right, <laughs> they just won't go for the like the biggest cities. It's not like the aliens from Mars attacks, like where they just go for all the monuments. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's not really how nuclear warfare works. <laughs> no, uh, no, it is not. And yeah, yeah, this is the thing: is that like, um, New York wouldn't like be a good military target necessarily. I'm sure it is. Like, I'm sure it was always on the list of places like that would get nuked immediately. But it's not like the seat of military control that would be advantageous to nuke necessarily. Whereas yeah, like a lot of a lot of places they would like would probably be be on the list. <laughs> you know? Oh for sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, that's you know, that's fine. I think that's the yeah, that's that's fine. Um the thing did I- you did you play it? Oh, sorry, go on. Oh, I was just gonna say the thing. The generally, th- the thing I find very funny about the, the the article, which was pointing out, which is kind of something that like kind of you knew, but mm. wasn't really like didn't like click because I don't read read those kind of books in enough quanti- any quantities really, so it doesn't doesn't really click. But the, the general idea is that like they're both saying that like there is a deep state and it is real, and that's fine because actually it's quite good that they're there to like manhandle any situation yeah. into submission and make keep the status quo. You're like, well, that's actually, that's very odd, like really weirdly optimistic, actually. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, it's, that, it's that um, it's that SNBC comic that comes up every so often and actually bugs me. That whole like, the person being confronted by the conspiratorial thinker, and they're just happy to find out that someone's in control of all this yeah, and it isn't yeah. just chaos. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like. I, yeah, sure. It's kind of funny, but like at the same time, I was like, I don't, I don't like the the weird impulse that you're that you have behind this. Um, no, because I, I, I think to to find that joke funny, you have to think that what we are going through right now is chaos, like unplanned. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and not like actually the side effects of some very malicious actions by powerful people. Yeah, um, and it's may yeah. have gotten much like caroline calloway may have gotten out of hand in a way that they were not prepared for <laughs> but yeah. that doesn't mean it's like oh everything's completely off the rails and it's not anything close to anything anyone planned you're like 
No, probably, probably not that. It's probably <laughs> something else in between where some of the people are like, this is quite good, actually. And not because it's chaotic, but because it's actually yeah. along the lines of what they would prefer, which is it's beneficial it's to them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We I mean, that's also the lizard people. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? We are, of course, talking about the lizard people. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, the, so the the bombshell and the like, the Guardian Observer over the weekend was that the Queen has influenced a lot of like tax laws and has proceeded to do so since the seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're yeah. like, well, I mean, this is the kind of thing that the conspiracy people will always say, and, and the defense is always just like, why would she do that? The whole idea is that she's impartial and that the queen's consent is again is yeah. just given to everything. That's not completely crazy. And you're like, that also seems very convenient that there's like not some sort of gray area they consider. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just like the, the. Why would she do that? She said she wouldn't to you. I no, but like <laughs> presumably to someone. <laughs> yeah, I remember there was like a big scandal over the. They were called the like black spider letters because of his handwriting. They were all Prince Charles basically writing to Tony Blair to complain about individual thing, like individual policies and stuff. And people were like, "This is outrageous that someone of the royal family would dare influence any political agenda." You're like, I don't. This this is like a it was like a very like mild version of influence. It was just like at best he's like strongly suggesting like oh if I were king, I would consider like giving you a stern talking to you about this. Was kind of the the crux of it. I was like that's this like I feel like you're all just like skirting around the issue of like how absurd the system is to begin with. If you're like, and they didn't keep their promise that they just totally said that they would. You're like uh huh. So but, yeah. I mean, it's not. They I had think no it's very compa- not to do it and everything to gain. I don't understand why they did it. <laughs> it's very comparable to any time I talk to Eastern Europeans about Putin, where they're just like, it's not that people don't think that, like Putin and the people around him are corrupt. They're just like, it's not really that much of a problem. <laughs> and I think people here would find it that quite offensive, and in the way that they would find it offensive that you would compare those two things, but they're a lot more similar. Than people oh, would yeah, like yeah. to believe. Oh yeah, definitely. But yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Uh, you were going to ask um, a question, right? Yeah. No, no, this is a good conversation. I like. I'm. I'm very curious at this, like, a uh, 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 kind of like nuclear pulp kind of stuff as well, because I'm, I'm trying to find interesting sources and takes on it, and I found myself looking at like Fallout and stuff again, like as a series. Mm. Um. But uh, were you playing any decent games or anything like that? Yeah, so I finished New Vegas. <laughs> oh, very last nice. I was playing. And I've started playing Fallout 4 because mm. uh, my partner had recommended it to me a long time ago. She was very into Fallout. And I played Fallout 4, like, I played, I don't know, nine or ten hours of it. I was just like, I, I, think it's not, I think it's not for me. It's like, I don't really care. And like, a lot of people did say this game was, like, not the best fallout game maybe that's the problem mm. so eventually i got around to playing yeah. new vegas and was like oh this is actually this is a very good game um yeah. so i've started playing fallout 4 again and uh i think yeah actually if you're bought into the aesthetic and the like lore because 
the back the problem with Fallout 4 that I, I I think is the main problem is the problem with Bethesda games generally is that they've built a sufficiently vast complex system that has meant in order to make that mostly work the cost has been that either the overarching story isn't very good Mm. or that or and or uh, there's a lot of the content is like are you almost did something good with this and then it doesn't quite work or like there's the Mm. bug that prevents this plot from working (laughs) or like this dialogue tree doesn't make any sense but I see why you've put it here because it needs to move the story along as well as stuff like that which I think is what turned me off originally because I was like I don't care about this this storyline because you haven't you haven't explained it to me at all you're basically just like and this is a fallout game now and now you play it and you're like but i've never i didn't play it i didn't play one of these i don't know what you want me to do <laughs> um whereas coming off new vegas i'm like oh this is like a quality of life improvement more content for, for that for like another one mm. of these which i think makes a lot yeah. of sense i think the that's the thing is that like um uh i haven't properly played through fallout 1 and 2 but basically this similar to all all games of that era is if you don't have you can't have a technically complicated system or a very very vast amount of content so the content you have has to be good and has to have internal consistency and has to kind of like all flow together well or else the game isn't good which would happen but that's all you have whereas like with bethesda games you generally have this vast vast complex system and like for a lot of people like quite a good like set of mechanics and therefore the other things suffer because that's actually not the main selling point of the game um which i guess is what they're doing now with (laughs) full hit 76 where it's an online game with very little content and mostly people interactions um was when it launched no non-playable characters (laughs) was the original idea of the game and you're like so you just don't want to make any of the content that's fine (laughs) sure (laughs) Um, made a map yeah so I'm in like four. yeah exactly they've made a map basically is what they've done which i it's, that's yeah. totally fair enough that the people Thesda were like we don't like finishing the game that's quite hard i mean that's we really what, like okay. starting the game i mean to drag Bethesda in a studio we don't like finishing the game is very very apt description of what they've done because that that was the thing like i i never got into Fallout three Fallout 3 is like the marker of when I kind of fell off the bandwagon with a lot of video games in general, mm. except for um, even when I had like PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, I was still someone who was into like games maybe aimed at a little younger than me, like uh, Ratchet and Clank, Jack and Daxter, Crash Bandicoot, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I made a complaint about video games kind of being too gray or brown to the point of like, I can't really distinguish what's happening and I don't like it. Where are my um, colors? Yeah, where are my colors? But like, colorful is good, like especially in a video game and stuff. And there's, I can't remember what video game came out, not relatively recently, but recently enough that maybe we think like, yeah, you can still have this like third person or first person shootery game that's colorful and it still works. I can't remember what it was for the life of me. Um, but yeah, Fallout Three was definitely around the era I started falling out with like, eh, with uh, <laughs> like the big. Uh? release games but at the same time that era of like sony consoles very much gave up on making the kind of games i liked Mm -hmm. like playstation very much gave up on the idea of having a mascot um 
which they did with Crash Bandicoot, but then kind of like got rid of him. Um, geez, what was the? Because yeah, I guess it was like around the time that like PlayStation Two Insomniac Studios was making like Ratchet and Clank, and they made Spyro the Dragon beforehand, and mm-hmm. then for PlayStation Three though they made Resistance. And I'm like, this is a this is a tonal <laughs> shift. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, one that I don't appreciate. Um, but yeah, Fallout like. The thing that annoyed me was like it was so fucking Fallout Three, so mm. fucking buggy. It was yeah. just like stupidly buggy. The point of like I know people complain about video games not being finished now, and I know like Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven has like a lot of those complaints. Um, but yeah, like this was kind of before iterative development or whatever, with iterative releases. I'm not sure what that's called as a practice. Yeah, so you'd have um, uh, like patch um, updates. Yeah, patch updates are like um, sort of like continuous, yeah, continuous mm. development. Yeah, before that, three before that, so it just kind of came glitchy. Continuous integration <laughs> is what I'm thinking of. So you can just push patches yeah. all the time if you want. But mm. yeah, so it was, yeah, it was before that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and like to, I think it's one of those things that like the they were trying to make a thing that didn't wasn't really feasible with the tools they had i think is the yeah is my thoughts on that like that's actually what notable so follow through is quite notable like the that was one that was the one my partner hadn't played and then tried playing it and was just like i'm not sure what i'm supposed to be doing i don't don't care and everywhere i go looks the same and it's all gray and like yeah dull like there's no it's not obvious like where anything is i think that's something that like you can see like obviously they're aware of those kind of problems and they're aware of the bugs and stuff like there is still a problem with like in order to make a sufficiently vast thing, yeah. They either both haven't had the plot that was like I, I don't know a set of plots that was sufficiently like good or kind of the thing I'm funny with Fallout Four now is that basically they've it's a sufficiently vast simulation, but effectively like mm. the a lot of the core ideas in it don't make internal sense so like um the plot of new vegas where um there's a new california republic and generally everyone is like everyone you meet either you meet very few people who are like they're objectively good unless they work for them and even though a lot of people who work for them are like there's good things and bad things and it's like a mixed bag which is very realistic because that's where like how a lot of people would feel about like a a slightly mismanaged thing yeah. yeah, and that's generally true of like most of the options you have and things that you do. There's kind of like no objectively correct answer. Whereas in Fallout Four, they give you this faction called the Minutemen, who, as so far, are just objectively good and like are viewed very uncritically as good. Um, and like the only thing wrong with them is they're like, and they failed before, but maybe they could come back and be really good again. And you're like, that's not really mm. a well, they just go around like helping people, and there's no, there's nothing else about it. There's no like yeah. layer above that. And it's kind of a bit like this feels like a silly video game idea of this thing that used to have like that had a like a more in- like complicated internal compl- uh, internal consistency going on, which I think is mm. is fine. And, but it, it it allows you to do a lot of like game mechanic stuff that is a lot easier if every town you go to or every settlement you go to is like. 
if you complete this one quest for me, I will join the Minutemen and you can do the crafty mechanic on me. <laughs> you're like, cool, okay, yeah, so actually you do, it does need to work this way for this this game mechanic you mm. made to work. Yeah. But it's suffered it as an extent to, to the thing. I think it's, I, it's interesting because it's like, um, once you, I think if you're sufficiently invested in the aesthetic and the, like, lore of the stuff going on, you're like, it's like watching a bad Star Wars movie. You're like, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. I will happily watch this and I'll, en- I'll enjoy watching it. And afterwards, I might be like, I didn't like this thing about it or this list yeah. of things and grievances I have, but I'm still going to do it because it was good. <laughs> oh, jeez. I've uh, I finally uh, gotten into one of those. Uh, I've finally gotten into one of those uh, uh, um, on online or like digital card games. Mm. Uh, League of Legends. Which which one? one? Uh, Legends of Runeterra. It's called. That's cool. And... Uh, uh, how? Uh, so I, I fell off mobile games, and the reason I fell off mobile games was for a very long time. So I've gone back to university twice now <laughs> so i've i've often had no disposable income and therefore yeah so i briefly have disposable income and then change my mind <laughs> so so for a long time i've had a very bad phone and therefore mm. i think when mobile games were like there was a period where like when i was like learning to program and stuff i was like oh, i'll make a mobile game and then the actual, the, the thing that actually threw me off that was I was trying to make something that needed an accelerometer because it was going to be a, right. like a, a flight game where like you turning the, turning the phone, move the ship. Um, and I, I spent a lot of time on it. It was a really, really good learning experience. And the reason I stopped working on it was because I bought a new phone and after it arrived and I switched over to it and tried to test the game, I was like, this phone doesn't have an accelerometer in it. <laughs> so, so it can't do the only thing that makes the thing work and i was like i can add controls i'm like no actually i'm not I'm not I'm not bothered and that's i stopped playing mm. phone games because it was the, the re- i forget what game i was playing it was some mobile game i was playing a lot of that required an accelerometer i was like that's really cool that you can do that and then i was like i can't play you can play that game anymore i think i'm just gonna delete all games off my phone <laughs> which is <laughs> was a, a thing and now you know i could get back into it but i think it's probably probably a, a good change yeah. how how how, so how is the game explain the game to me it's good uh so the only mobile games i have on my phone now are this and a game boy color emulator <laughs> where i can play game boy color roms yeah, uh, which is that for all as well yeah yeah that's good for like flights though which i haven't done in a while um, you know what I would strongly these... recommend that is very what? related to this and it's also good what? for flights is hmm. they have someone has ported the scum engine to mobile to android okay. so the scum engine is the 90s LucasArts game engine <laughs> so oh, you can play yeah. 90s LucasArts adventures because it's point and click anyway so it works on yeah. a touch screen and yeah. it works fine <laughs> There's like like dystopian LucasArts game that I played. Um, uh, like the, they re-released it on iPhone. Uh, I played. It oh right. Oh yeah. IPhones. I guess they probably just was it full throttle. No, dystopian LucasArts games. Your 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 man, uh, Hamill is like the voice of the main character in it. Um, hey. 
I think it was like a re-release that gave voice uh, voice acting to it. Beneath a Steel Sky, that's it. Oh yeah, right. Oh, I didn't realize they released that to to mobile. Mm. As they yeah, say. yeah, I, that was very early mobile days. I think that was like my first iPhone. Um, no, okay, so like my uh, Legends of Ruterra, I basically got like they're all all these card games are like clones of Magic the Gathering, basically. Yeah. Um, but Legends of Ruterra, I got because it's kind of best known as being like the most generous with giving cards and shit right rather than having to like i haven't spent any money on it it's free to play and there is like an internal currency if you want to buy like specific cards like right now Hmm. but like the getting experience and the drops and stuff of like booster packs and things like that that are just kind of random is very generous and very fair a lot more so than i've heard of other games but beyond that it's just like pokemon trading card game whatever like each Mm. card has special effects and stuff and i know it's nicer than playing an actual card game because it's not expensive and it will do all the maths and complicated things for you the things that uh make that make those kind of things actually difficult yeah or uh they're, they're they i think the only thing i've seen it do that is like you couldn't have done this in like an actual physical card game is you can have cards that summon other cards that aren't in your deck. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you have a card that's special effect that if you manage to trigger it, will summon something that you don't actually have to have. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That makes yeah. it... Basically, that's like the the um, the anime version of Yu-Gi-Oh! versus the actual card game of Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. yeah Speaking yeah. of another Magic the Gathering clone. Yeah. Um, so that's fun. And it's very addictive, and I like it. But I'm oh, too scared cool. do you to play, play any actual. Yeah, I was going to say, do you play AI or do you play real people? You just play AI. Do, I play AI. You can do both. And I'm scared to play real people because they definitely have more time and are better than me at this. Yeah, that's how I feel about a lot of online games. So mm. I find. It's like I'm quite into watching competitive Age of Empires 2. Oh, yeah. And like. If you give me a week to like re like uh retrain myself to play the game properly, mm, mm. I can go online and win games. But I will lose a lot mm. of games as well. And I think if I went online now, my score would just yeah. drop quite a bit initially, <laughs> and it would take a long time for me to work back up. And I do not have time <laughs> time for that. No, so of course not. It actually makes it like anytime I play the game, which I I still do occasionally. I will just play against the computer or do like a campaign or something, even though mm. my primary interest in still playing it is the hypothetical playing against real people. But in practice, I don't do that because it's much so much more of an investment uh, of time because it's not just the game. Mm. It's like, like exactly as you say, like they have, you, you, you have the expectation, like they probably have more time than I do. And yeah, I don't really want to <laughs> want to engage with that. <laughs> Um, I'd happily play. Do you know what I'd be willing to do? I'd play friends. I think I would play friends on it. Right. But yeah. So what you're you're asking me to get into this game as well? If you do, I will happily receive you <laughs> as a, um, as your as your Padawan learner. Yes, I I think the other the other nice thing about it as well is just like you can look up like a good deck, 
um online and you can like import that into your game um you won't have the cards because it still needs you to collect the cards but now you have like goals yeah right of, like, no, that's right. yeah they've really clearly thought so, this through yeah i think they've first of all it's like riot games which are very good at making like these polished and very addictive games yeah uh, that's their that bread and butter um but also i've kind of noticed with this like this is one of those spaces kind of like mobas as well mm-hmm. where you don't really have to be the first at anything you can wait for people to figure out this shit and then you can come in and make your own version of it and people will receive you pretty well um yep. because I, as far as i understand they did a lot of things that people complained about with um uh what's the big um i've forgotten its name now the big online like digital card game hearthstone based in world hearthstone yeah that's it yeah they made a lot of improvements that people complained about that yeah um other than that i read a cartoon i read a comic (laughs) oh nice what comic did you read uh the loneliness of a long of the long distance cartoonists by uh adrian uh, tomine um who is that was pretty good I read it in one uh, sitting, and it's really cute because it's like printed on grid paper, and it's oh, made nice. to look like a mo- it's made to look like a moleskin. Ah, very cute. Yeah, uh, it's got the like little elastic band around it and the leather-ish cover or whatever, and mm-hmm. the little like placement marker and stuff like that. Because Le- leather, guess- you, you mean skin of mole is what? You- <laughs> yes, I mean skin of mole. <laughs> Uh, my witch's ingredient yeah i guess that's what it is. <laughs> the is good it's a bit like it's about his um him being a cartoonist mm. and the whole thing he's like an alt cartoonist i guess which kind of just means he does black and white comics that are a bit more like personal and self-reflective rather than like actiony mm-hmm. and or comedic um it was good. It was definitely gripping. A bit like navel gazy in a very kind of Gen Xy kind of way. Mm. Um, like he's also, I think he was a cartoonist for the New York Times. That's where he made a lot of his money as well. Um, or like his steady success. Right. But yeah. It was very good and it's kind of like in keeping with some themes that we discussed in a previous episode where it's basically his very long like long journey to realizing that like um him trying to be like a successful professional cartoonist led to actually a lot of misery because like everything he kind of recalls of his like career which he puts into the book Mm. are all these times that like people slighted him or mispronounced his name because he's um tomine is written like to mine but it's a Japanese name, so it's when he pronounced Tomine. Uh, yeah, right. Um, uh, things like that. So it's just like these kind of like very kind of foibles and tiny things that I think a better well-adjusted person, and I think he kind of admits this in the story, would just kind of like let slide. But hmm. um, it's a very interesting examination of like this thing that he told himself was his dream actually just led to a lot of like very unhappy moments. Yeah, I think... Um... I think that does relate to like a lot of what we talked about in this where 
you need i think there well you know this is <laughs> he's speculating but there's there's something about um selecting something as like this is my like dream job mm. and i will do this and i'll go as out of my way as possible to, to just do this and then if that doesn't work out exactly as you expected you've already you invested a lot in it um and kind of wrestling at that because i think that I suspect if you asked him, like, oh, what what else did you want to do? Probably not, not much, right? No, no. Yeah. It's, but- it's a, it's, yeah, it, it's, I guess it's also like, um, the thing I would kind of complain about it is, though, is also kind of feel like the conclusion he came to is a little wrong because it kind of seems like the reason he's not enjoying comics is a bit more personal and like to do with him. Mm. as such because there's all these things like where he kind of meets these very successful cartoonists um moments that i think are kind of relatable and stuff like that where he's like in this room with like you know there's like him and then there's like the person who kind of like represents the next step above him Mm -hmm. and then there's the person who represents even further beyond them and the person who like is like at the top of this and like the the height of their career or whatever is like really enthused to see that middle guy mm. and but then confuses him for like a tech worker or something and doesn't realize that he's another cartoonist and this like the quiet painful moment of like not meeting one of your heroes and it not being the moment you thought it would be or expect or yeah yeah um but then i'm like also just been like but you did get to meet your hero. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it's um I think it's, you know, I feels like to some extent why you, people you invest your you invest your like mental like time into something that's not not goal orientated necessarily. So like if your hero is like an actor or a musician or a sports sports player and you're like my goal is not to like become them. Mm. um in any meaningful sense and it's more i get a, i get enjoyment out of like interacting with them on that level as opposed to his problem where effectively he's like this is like a somewhat important to my career aspirations which is yeah a more complicated thing because <laughs> especially for something like you know comics and stuff for you know there's a there's an, an amount of uh luck plus um subjectivity involved as well where um i I guess depends depends who his idols are but you know that it might be the case of uh needing to have like their appeal (laughs) 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 what what will make it successful and not necessarily something that you'll actually enjoy making is is to Mm. to do if if his goal is to like actually become them uh yeah that might not be that might not be feasible and uh i think it, it's a more com- that's a more complicated relationship if you're um doing the same thing they're doing yeah i think is uh curious he's a it was very uh, like i don't want to poo poo too much though because i think the end of it it was very good i was like very very easy to read in one sitting which mm. it's not like any shorts or any longer than any other comics i have it was just like could have put it down it was pretty gripping and easy to read and flowed really nicely and so it was i think it was a nice story it was interesting examination it seemed like honest there's also like times where he's just like he literally scribbled out people's names because he was just like i that's a real person i can't talk about them like this um but i guess people would 
people maybe a bit more know in like the space of comics and era and stuff would probably be able to figure out who he's talking about um yeah that's right that's the right way to do that kind of shade is to be like the people on the inside who i care know about this will know (laughs) (laughs) but i think like i think the end it kind of comes to the conclusion of like the happiest moments in his life were like these personal relationships like the woman who eventually became his wife and like his two kids and stuff like that so that's also really sweet and it's a good story and actually I'd, I'd like if you're in berlin or if you're in like nearby or you're staying with me next time i'm just i'm just gonna hand it to you because i think you'd enjoy it oh cool yeah i'd really like that that'd be nice the uh i think that'll be a while unfortunately yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna hold up the pages to the webcam <laughs> and you yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you tell me uh when to turn <laughs> No, I'll, I'll, that's okay. <laughs> 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 I can, I can wait. The um, yeah, it's uh, okay. Uh, moving on to the other point of this podcast. How is your uh, view of uh, left politics, either in your sphere or in Europe? <laughs> um, I've been like too tired to do anything lately. Kind of trying to avoid burnout a little bit. Also, had a busy yeah, week legit. at work, so yeah, I'm avoiding that. Other than me getting angry at the like the drone lady on Twitter, which I might do after this call. Hmm? <laughs> I'm telling you, man, you'd be less tired if you got less Twitter arguments. <laughs> I, I disagree. My life is now just like on the phone of just like both Twitter and um, Legends of Rune Terra. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Uh, doesn't one of the League of Legends characters have like a Twitter account or something? I, There's like a thing where me. I think Epic Games runs like a Twitter account for one of them. Anyway, mm. besides the point. Uh, that's yeah. that's fair. That's very fair, man. I think it's important to not overextend yourself. I think is the the uh, the theme of today's podcast was focus because that's what we both, we both <laughs> talked about. But I think the broad theme of the us doing this at all is is like avoiding overextending and burnout and having like mm. multiple pies in multiple ovens mm. that's generally what happens and our, and our fingers and all of them burning slowly <laughs> yeah i i'm here like psa do not put your finger in the oven with the door closed <laughs> or do not put your finger in the pie that's in the oven yeah if the pie is hot don't put your finger in it yeah, it's like a, it's like a, it's a viscous liquid inside that. It will, it will like cling to you and be hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sugar sticks to you when yeah. it is hot, and it will burn. All the pain of hot water on your finger without none of the, none of the speed and sweet relief when it's over. <laughs> we all know that when you pour pour boiling water on yourself, and you're like, oh, thank God that's over. <laughs> Imagine that, <laughs> but it doesn't end. It's a pie. Yeah. That's, that's basically that's what it is. That's very fair. What's your view on um uh the uh Italian Italian government? <laughs> <laughs> I've had a couple of Twitter threads. <laughs> I had... Yeah, I I saw. Yeah, uh, I had to I, I, I got so incensed that I had to figure out what Jokerified would be in Italian. <laughs> That was important. It was just me putting it to Google. Yeah. 
what is me it? putting into Google Translate every word that I could because uh, I've done this before. We had put into <laughs> Google Translate every word that ends with the fide suffix, so you can yes. figure out what the the Italian equivalent is. Um, uh-huh. If I'd, I should say, because it's if I'd, it's the suffix, not fide yeah. by itself. Um, <laughs> we, uh, so the Italian is giocificato. Uh, okay. <laughs> that that track. If I'd is ificato. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's how angry Mario Draghi being uh, uh, made, Mario Draghi being made a uh, pr- uh, not president, prime minister of Italy. Is making me. Uh, I was too annoyed by reading. Um, um, I was too annoyed at like reading um, Il Repubblico um, or Il Repubblica articles that are just like nobody wants to work with him, and any party is like it's probably going to be a disaster. But the stock market loves him. <laughs> it's every sentence ending with like, but yeah, the stocks though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um all about those stocks um yeah I, I i don't know how to process the the multi-level uh multi-level chess i was really convinced conte was gonna come back and then i heard an interview with like a italian political analyst where they were asked like oh well like well conte will just reform a new government and they were like i don't think that's gonna happen i was like wait what do you mean i don't understand how that's not gonna happen that it just mysteriously didn't happen <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of suddenly it was just like yeah no one's on board now they all seem to be convinced Draghi needs to be prime minister I don't understand why yeah, why anyone would um, want that but yeah. it's um, it's gonna be bad it's gonna be bad I think it's just, it's just gonna be bad like never mind his uh, his prime, premiership in of itself it's gonna cause every party who works with him to just like fucking collapse yeah, so. at some point, uh, when Italian fascism rises again and uh, your child is in school having to learn about this, they'll be writing mm-hmm. an essay. It'll be one of those things where you'll be like, oh, and like the Serbs wanted to kill Prince, aren't you, or Prince Ferdinand, or Franz Ferdinand, and you're like, but why? And you're like, no, we don't have time for that. We're not going to get into it. We, we, have no, be like, we have no fucking time. <laughs> yeah, it'll be like, Drahi becomes prime minister. But why? No, we can't. We don't have time for that. We move on to the fascism. <laughs> so the context <laughs> has to be lost. We don't no, have time no, for we're, this. We're, we're, going to the, we're going to the meaty part. Like, this is, this is, it. This is your second act. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, yeah it's, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not great. But, you know, yeah. that's... <sighs> that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no. God damn it! God damn it! Yeah, so that's a uh, that's the podcast. We've been we've been going for an hour and a bit. That's that's yeah, a, this is a good dreaming, buddy. Keep on dreaming. Keep on dreaming, California dreaming. California, keep on California dreaming. Such a winter's day. 